I think that what is currently happening is actually an, an opportunity for African, local African manufacturers to thrive. Now, look at the Indians, look at the Chinese, look at the Americans, the British. They are rushing into Nigeria while Nigeria, Nigerians are jackpine. Learn to always see the silver lining under every cloud. And so, if you want to be rich, ask yourself, what value can I create that is so valuable that everybody wants to buy it? Because that's your fastest way to wealth. If they give you money for a business and the first thing you do is to go and rent an office, then I know that you're going to fail. You can have money and you start and you fail because business is a science. Everything has to be learned. You spoke about not having to need money to start a business. So I would like to know if you can throw more light to that. Hello and welcome to Tea in Tech, the podcast for tech enthusiasts. If this is your first time listening to the episode, we also have a four-minute thriller that gives an overview to the podcast. I strongly recommend you listen to that before you start listening to the podcast. And if you've done that, we can jump right in. Hello everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, today's episode is quite interesting. It's quite interesting because when I was speaking with the team and I told them like what we are having today, they were all like, oh, we, we want to be there when you're recording us and stuff like that. So today's episode is so interesting. And today's on today's episode, we'll be looking at the business side of starting a company or a startup yeah so on today's episode we have we have a business guru we have dr Enrietta Onwebuze from lagos business school hello kudema how are you doing very well thank you thanks for having me yeah we are really really glad to have you on the podcast yeah so How's it been? How's today? We know you have really been busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's just jump right in. My first question for today would be based on like the current economy and how like things are going, especially for us in like West Africa. Do you think this is an excuse for a startup to fail? in like the country, do you, do you think this is an excuse for a startup to fail based on what is currently happening? I think that what is currently happening is actually an, an opportunity for African, local African manufacturers to thrive. And I'll explain. So there's, as this popular saying goes, under every cloud, there's a silver lining. So with the Russia-Ukraine war, there's inflation practically everywhere, UK, US, and then with before even before the Russia-Ukraine war, there was Brexit that um, superficially, you know, thought emotionally about race and just asked everybody else to go. So now there's shortages in the UK. And then when the war happened, it became even worse because prices of existing goods and services became even more expensive. Okay. What does that why am I referring to this? Because 
Nigeria and Africa are mainly imports dependent. So while within African countries, our currencies are going down because our governments are not efficient enough to ensure that we export processed goods, okay? Those imports that are coming in are now triply expensive, triply expensive because our currency is devalued and there's inflation in those countries. And of course, freight costs has also gone high, okay? What this means is that things are going to be too expensive. Important goods are going to suddenly become very expensive and unaffordable to many people who are going from middle class to even poor because of the way the economy is going in the country, okay? On top of that, just to show you how desperate the European countries are, I think UK has just made about 17 products from Nigeria tax-free, export wow. tax-free. They're now dying to receive goods from us. Now, just the other day, somebody was telling me that Gucci imports Nigerian leather. That says a lot. It means our leather is better than the leather you can find elsewhere because for most people, Nigeria represents danger, poverty, fraud. So anybody who's coming here for anything means, it means that what, what they found here is of better quality, okay? Now, look at the Indians, look at the Chinese, look at the Americans, the British. They are rushing into Nigeria while Nigeria, Nigerians are jackpine because they don't see the opportunities that they see here, okay? Wow. So every single thing, I mean, and there are also many stupidities that we import. I don't understand why a country that has plenty of coal and wood We'll be importing pencils, for example. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there, I mean, there's. In fact, we're already ahead of the U of the US in terms of fintech. Okay. So how we can just transfer money in two minutes to anybody anywhere in the world and then get an alert on top of that? It's not available in America. It's in existence, as far as I know. Maybe wrong. Okay. So my point is, this is the time for young people to put on their thinking caps. It's in the same way in life, I think that even the strike, the ASU strike is an opportunity for the students. Most university lecturers are, not, are no longer taking school seriously. And so students are studying under the worst conditions and also not getting up-to-date knowledge. Fortunately, with COVID, there's been a deluge, an, accelera an acceleration of a lot of high-quality learning for free online, whether they are Coursera or through Ivy League schools, including Harvard that make courses available online for free. Maybe you pay a token of maybe $5 for the certificate, okay? Now, what this means is that a smart university graduate can easily key into these courses, whether it is content design or um, uh, data analysis or coding or whatever, to develop skills that will make them be able to earn money when they finish. Because right now, if the ASU strike didn't happen, they probably finish like any other set and go around looking for jobs. The only thing I would say is that the fact that many people have left means that there are now some jobs available, but there won't be enough for everybody. So the sooner they take time to either, I don't know, go to a furniture company and learn how to make furniture, go to a tailoring factory and learn how to sew, those things are never go out of fashion, okay? Go and apprentice with somebody who is in real estate, go and learn how to sell land and property. By the time school comes back, you are a different creature. I just want to get a certificate and go out and continue earning money, not I, not I get to apply, okay? By the time you say you're, you're a good um, web developer or uh, 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 digital marketer, 
there's no way you won't get a job because I mean get jobs and you can even do remote work both for Nigerians and for anybody anywhere around the world because everybody has to be online right now. Everybody's looking for good website designers and digital marketers because you can't just be brick and mortar anymore. So my point is, first, learn to always see the silver lining under every cloud. Second, be that be purpose driven. Unfortunately, most people are just looking for me, myself, and I. What can I make for myself? Money, money, money. But you see, the funny thing is that that's not the way it works. You want to be happy. First of all, focus on making others happy. Then you'll be very, very happy. Okay? And so if you want to be rich, ask yourself, what value can I create that is so valuable that everybody wants to buy it? Because that's your fastest way to wealth. And you try to discover what value you can create to make everybody want to buy your product or service and so that you can be rich. The easiest way to find out what value is, is what problem around me can I solve? What biting problem can I, can I generate a solution to that everyone is willing to pay for it? Okay. And then generating that solution, ask yourself, who do I want to help? Is it the masses or the middle market or the upper class? Because why simple? Because if it depends on which who you are trying to address, it will affect your location, it will affect your packaging, it will affect your pricing. Okay. So these are just it's almost a package of how you can identify opportunities, how you can, you know, target the, your the right market and take advantage of what is going on. Okay. Important anything that's going to be difficult. So even if you know how to do lampshades because you are good at handcrafts. Do it and you have them. There will be market for you. Go and buy your bulb, the lampstand. Just make sure it's good quality. The challenge I have, I sometimes have with young people is that they don't do things of good quality. Okay? Do it well and to sell. Okay? People are looking for good quality local alternatives. Okay, next question. One, one other thing that I find really sad is how, how much we have even put like value like onto like imported imported materials like how if you see someone with like a nice cloth and you ask him ah where did you get this cloth they are always very happy to say well it was it was imported and i feel i feel now it's it's now that the tables are turning and stuff like that um, i was at an event you spoke and i think one of the major take home for me was where you spoke about not having to need money to start a business like you don't need much money to start a business and you gave yes. a you gave you gave you gave examples but i would i would really like to know and i would like you to like tell the listeners because i would i feel like they have to really understand this because after listening to you i got home and I was trying to speak to my friends and explain to them, but I was not able to really put it in the way because they had questions which I could not answer and stuff like that. So I would like to know um, if you can like throw more light to that. Okay. So, you know, what you encounter with your friends is not rare. I also hear people, in fact, some people are so um, unteachable and they won't even listen because they believe it's impossible. Meanwhile, it's happening every day and Maybe because I have the privilege of being in a business school where people, business, business leaders attend. Every class of the owner-manager program that I teach, or well, almost everyone, I ask, how many people started without money? And many raise their hands. In fact, 
Today, one of the biggest real estate players in Nigeria started without money. How did they start? Wow. They didn't have any money. Somebody said to them, if you can sell this land, I'll give you this is your commission. They said, no. Give us a price. And then you will sell to us. And then let us put our price. So the man said, okay, here are some plots. This is my price to you. They went on, said, okay, no problem. They made some flyers, okay? So I started telling people. And then a few agreed to buy. From the money they made with that one, they made some flyers and started spreading out. So cut a long story short, they went from not having any money. Today, they have over 6,000 staff in their employ. And they, I, I'm just for confidentiality purposes, I won't, I won't reveal the name. But today, they are definitely, if not number one, number two in the real estate industry. And they have empowered billions using the same strategy while making a lot of money in the process. So leave this example aside, I'll give you some examples that happen in class. So everybody has something. For example, you have a house, okay? You live in a house, rather. Or yeah. at least you go up and down, okay? So um, one of my students, because I, I gave my MVs only 5,000 Naira and on purpose, but many of them make a lot of money without even using the 5,000 Naira. So one of them, for example, said, I'm going to do um, accounting for SMEs. So all he did was open a Google Doc sheet for them. Put in your expenses and your revenues here. They gener help generate your PL and your balance sheets and your cash flow at any point in time. And the agreement was that as we do your books for you and send you information, you pay us between 20 and 30,000 a month. Many SMEs took it up. In fact, even their classmates who didn't like numbers took up, took up the opportunity. Okay. And obviously, at a point, it became too much for them. So they had to start teaching people and getting people from college or um, Yama College of Tech, okay, to work with them, to be able to cope. So let me give you a third example. Assuming you wanted to go into building material, I mean, uh, uh, supply of building materials, you don't need to own the building materials, okay? Just go to where they own building materials. Give them your watch. Say, this is, hold this as collateral. Okay, let me go and show these people a sample of this house or their door handles or their lights or light shades. Okay, go to different sites. Well, first of all, ask them at different sites, what do you need? I'm a, I'm a contractor, so I can supply. So we need tiles, oh, we need nails, so we need this. You say, okay, I'll come and show you oh, what, what are the specs. This is the size we need, this, this, this. Okay, I'll bring samples for you to see. You go to uh, um, Alaba or um, anywhere they do building materials. Well, I'll show them I have these orders. Can you give me samples? They'll say, oh, I've got to drop something. You drop something, your wristwatch, a, pair, a good pair of shoes or whatever you want, you think is valuable to them, a ring or whatever, okay? If you have a car already, you drop your car there. Take an Uber back and with the samples to the place. They'll give you their price. Let them know that as an agent, they have to give you a low price so that you can put your margin on top. You go back and show them the samples. If what you brought is really good, they will choose one. And they'll tell you the quantity to bring. You supply, they pay. You pay your providers and keep your margin. By the time you've done that for a couple of months, you start, to get, you get, you start getting knowledge, not only of who needs it, but also how to get it. And maybe by the time you've been going to back and forth in that, to that shop, every that area, every that market, every single day, 
you'll be able to discover that you can actually, there are some shops available. And one day you become a shop owner. And you know how to source and keep your stock, your inventory. In fact, you haven't better off without a shop because without the inventory and overheads, almost everything you make is profit. Except for your operational expenses. Okay? You can also do that with printing. You don't need to own a printing press before you go around saying that you can do print jobs. You go to your existing printing presses, get samples of the quality of their work for um, invitation cards, for brochures, for you know, whatever, take the samples and then go to places where they need to print all these things for events, either LBS, because we need to do, we have a lot of events, graduation, this, that. You go to event planners who have to plan weddings and all kinds of birthdays and things. So the quality I can do for you, do you need cards or whatever, you know, just go to the place, any, any um, uh, hotels, anywhere you think people will come for events, okay? Offer them a commission for any business they give you. You are into business. Okay. Unfortunately, many people are waiting for a rich uncle. And until they see the money, they don't let themselves think. When the money now comes, they're too happy to also think. So forget about money. Once you have a great idea, once you're meeting a need, it's easier for you to attract funds. Okay? So I always tell people, there's no business in this world that you cannot start with what you have. The problem is that when you've seen a business that, business that has grown for over 30 years, you think it was born like that, okay? I mean, the way you and I are now, a, a young child would think that we, were, we came to the world the way we are now as adults, okay? Did you ever think of your mother or your father as a baby? Well, <laughs> uh-huh, okay? So most people think that to have a business, you must have a big shop, you must have big sign, a big signpost, you must have a secretary, table and chair, an official driver. No way. If they give you money for a business and the first thing you do is to go and rent an office, then I'll know that you're going to fail. They give you money for a business, you start from your house. Wow. Start from your car. Start selling from there. And you can be there for the next one or two years before you eventually decide to start investing in a, 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 a place. Most people these days who are online, most techies are not in their bedrooms. They don't even need a sitting room. Making earning dollars, making hundreds of millions monthly, no office, nothing. Because all they need to do is code. Okay, so once they can get their their, their laptop powered, whether it is by solar or by inverter or by generator or whatever, they're good to go. Okay, so a wow. business is like a baby. It starts very small and then it and, and grows over time. I am actually taking notes now, and I hope when people listen to this, they have to take note because you have just given examples of like areas where people can go into and within a period of time start to see themselves solving problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um you are the director of entrepreneurship innovation center at Lagos Business School. Um, mm -hmm. there is one thing I've been very curious about, yeah, and it is every time I hear like secrets to like a successful business, secrets to success from like different places, I always find out like most of these things these people say are always similar, they almost always say the same thing. So, for someone like you that have seen business starts, business grow, 
and all, I want to know what are the most common factors that make businesses fail? From your experience, what are the most common factors? Well, to my experience, it has, it has even been researched globally. The first is when they're not purpose-driven. What do I mean by that? Starting with the wrong mindset, you're starting with thinking, how can I make money for myself? Rather than what value can I create that people will be willing to buy? Okay? So they therefore, you are so in love with your idea that you don't check to see whether people are willing to pay for it. Like I tell my, my, my students on the MBA programs, there's a difference between a business idea and a business opportunity. An idea or a business idea is a way you think you can add value to people, but it is not a necessarily a business opportunity until you can prove through a feasibility study that people will be willing to pay for it. In other words, an idea is only an opportunity when people are willing to pay for it. So most people um, come up with ideas of what they can sell or what they can, or what can be of value, okay? Well, most of that is more, more of what they can sell, okay? And then go into the, and then they buy a lot of it because maybe they're lucky, somebody dashes them 100,000, they go and buy, use it to buy all the products. And then they come and realize that nobody needs it or they need a different type because they never tested the market with a few of that product or, or, or service, okay? So many, so, so the first is I want money, me, myself and I, money, money, money for me alone. That leads to an exploited mentality. So for example, you are asking, why do people take pride in saying I bought this abroad or um, prefer things that are made abroad? Simply because they're used to the fact that Nigerians cut corners so for a long time, we were not wearing our Ankara and traditional things in the corporate world. Today we do, because we now have good tailors who can give you amazing tailoring, okay? But, and at the same time, guess what? Even those local outfits are even more expensive than the ones you bring from abroad today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see? And why are, people willing, why are people willing to pay more money for local outfits than for foreign outfits? when it used to be the case that we prefer to buy imported because they are seeing quality. So many times people are not buying things locally. It's not because they don't want to buy local, that local things are not properly made. And I find young people sometimes who are not making things well, getting angry that, and, and on top of that, they're now overpriced, getting angry that if it was Gucci that they would have rushed it. Go and bring a Gucci and look at it. First of all, the quality of material use is excellent. Then the quality of tailoring or crafting is amazing so you can just come as, you can just come with anything and so anyhow and think that people will pay for it because they want to support nigeria or africa no as an african do us proud and do yourself proud by making the things well nobody said that africa means make it shabby okay so the first thing is not being purpose driven what i mean by purpose driven really genuine about wanting to solve a problem or make the world a better place. Okay. What is that 
thing that can help a lot of people. So, for example, I gave the example of Bill Gates too. Even Elon Musk. Elon Musk's success today is not because he wanted to be very rich. It was because he was passionate about pertinent problems, current existing problems. With climate change, he took this thing of making electric cars seriously. And he didn't just make any electric car. He made a sleek, amazing electric car. Okay. I saw a Tesla face physically for the first time in 2019 when I was in the US. I told people that that is a car that pushes you to salute it. Just from outside. And when you enter inside again, you want to give it a double salute. The car is beautiful. It's an, it's an understatement. Amazing. I mean, I don't even know what to say. You are happy to be seeing one. You're happy for the owner. I mean, everybody is happy. The car is too much. Okay? And that is the kind of craftsmanship that Nigerians should seek to attain. Okay? And I used to be like that. I, was, I went to a, a gallery recently and I was looking at the bronze, the, 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 the sculptures. And I said to myself, my goodness, what detail to get that level of that expression on somebody's face in a bronze sculpture. So we used to be very, very detailed. But of course, in the, as the world grew more fast-paced, I mean, people thought they were clever. So they're making things that were not so, you know, not so good and, you know, hoping to still get um, a premium price for it. So anything you do, just do it well. Even if it's orange juice, even if it's a hand wash. So that's one of my pet peeves. I, 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 I squirm when I see hand washes, um, important hand washes in Nigeria because these are things that young people should take over the markets with. Okay? It's not difficult to make liquid soap. I mean, we can make it better. Unfortunately, there's some liquid soaps that when you use your hand, my hand, my hand even begins to peel or get dark or hard. Okay? It's not, and it's not even difficult to make it. It's just to make your, make your hands soft, add a bit of glycerin. Find out what they use for hair conditioner, add a bit of it to it. So when people wash their hands with your soap, you don't even start feeling you need to look for hand cream to cream their hands. And you will see how that soap will go off the shelf very fast as people discover it. Okay? So just, so not being purpose-driven, not making things of good quality. Okay? And then not knowing how to lead or treat staff. We treat staff like one more factor of production, land, labor, capital. Okay? Human beings need to be inspired. Okay? And you don't inspire them by giving them motivational talks. You inspire them by the authenticity of your leadership as the founder of your business. Okay? By caring for them as human beings because every human being has that unspoken thing. What's in it for me? Okay? Can't be paying them wretched salaries and expecting them to um, to to be committed to your job, to kill themselves for you, or not to find a way to cheat, or even leave you for the ones who are going to start their own and be your competition. Okay? So we always have to, I mean, that's why business is learned. And that's why people were taught in the olden days to go for apprenticeship before they started a business. But today people think that once you have money, you can start. Yeah, you can have money and you start and you fail because Business is a science. Everything has to be learned. Okay? But you may not have money, but you do go for apprenticeship. You will succeed because you know how to do things. And you know how to start small. Okay? So, 
I don't know if I've answered your question, but as I said, be purpose driven, start small. Okay, so that any mistakes, you want to start anything for the first time, you're going to make mistakes. So start small so that your mistakes are learning opportunities rather than knock, knock, uh, knock offs that knock you off the business completely. So now one very interesting question I would like to ask is um, from your own experience, share with us like a unique problem you have faced like while running a business and how you have solved it because we can never really tell who might be listening to this and this would be of help too okay so um the thing is that because i focus full-time on my so i i, I focus mainly on my teaching and i have i have many board positions um I don't really do business in a way that will give me problems. In fact, I've been wanting to stop one of my lines of businesses, but I've not been able to stop because of constant demand. Okay. So problems, why have okay? Well, what the problem I will have now is that my costs are my cost of inputs are rising. So I'm trying my best to not pass on all the costs to the to the to the consumers. Okay. But for me not to do that, it means I have to up my game in terms of quality. So that when I increase my price, because of the innovation in my products, okay. They won't even notice the price increase. I think they're just paying for a new style. So I do both real estate and I also do turban accessories and tops. Okay. But I want to stop the turban. I've been wanting to stop the turban business, which is six years old now for a long time. But demand keeps coming. And I keep on, you know, as somebody who likes to make money too, I don't want to leave money on the table. So because the demand <laughs> is coming, making more. And I'm telling everybody, I, I want to stop this business. I want to stop this yeah. business. Uh-huh. You know, but I, but I want to focus more on real estate because it's one of those places where you don't need too much time because I spend most of my time in class. I'm more interested in helping entrepreneurs develop and become very strong because one successful business will not change Nigeria, but thousands, millions of successful businesses will change Nigeria. And I'm more passionate about seeing a better Nigeria than having my own personal business succeed. So I believe that it, with the platform I have at Lagos Business School, where I train thousands of entrepreneurs every year, okay, it's an opportunity to help them become impact-driven and to understand that impact and profit are compatible. And that indeed, the more impact you make, the more money you make, because it means that people need your product or service. And as they pay for it, you make a lot of money while making life easier for them. And making the country a better place. So I would also like to know what sectors currently in the country that you feel like we need more businesses in, we need more startups in this kind of areas. Like what kind of areas do you think we need more startups? Um, or what kind of areas or what sectors do you think are ripe for like building businesses? I think all the sectors, because we haven't really excelled in any of the sectors. So there are opportunities everywhere. Whether it is in garment care, the fashion business is a $3 trillion industry between tailoring, which we're very good at. Nigerian designs are out of this world, okay? Um, even making bags and shoes and other products, even furniture, too much. Every business, that one is, that's even another whole empire of opportunities, Okay, making sure that we process before we export. Okay, so when I make a turban, for example, if my fabric if my fabric is five thousand naira, by the time I've tailored it and packaged it, okay, I can sell it for ten thousand. Of course, there's still cost of packaging and transportation and the cost of labor to add to it. But 
because I have transformed it into a, a different thing from just a fabric, or a tailor makes buys fabric for five thousand and makes a dress that it sells for thirty-five thousand. You see what I mean? That's the magic of processing. Wow. Okay. So somebody buys car a carrot for maybe say um, ten naira. Okay, like they do abroad. Gr clean washes it, cleans it, grates it, packages it, and sells it for fifty naira. So compare the person who is selling raw carrots to the person who is selling packaged grated carrots, okay? Or better still, like what I, was, I saw in the, in the US last time I went, they even mix the vegetables in a bowl and put the standard cream in a sachet. So when you get, you don't even need to look for a bowl and everything is inside a container. All you need to do is just open the packet, then open the cream into this. Of course you pay for, you pay for that service. You don't even have to go out to the market to buy different types of vegetables, wash them, grate them, cut them, or whatever it is, okay? You don't even have to go and buy salad cream because the cream is there for you to just open it up and, and sprinkle on the salad. Even the bowl is there. So, so these are the kind of things that multiply your return on investment when you process it in a way that's thinking, who's that busy woman who wants to give her meal or wants to invite friends over for lunch or dinner? And doesn't have the time to start preparing things for a long time, you know. Look, go to the shops. The same way you can find frozen potato chips. You'll be able to find frozen yam chips. You'll be able to find, you know, um, uh, blended tomatoes and pepper ready to cook, even cooked and dried and frozen. So that when you get home, you just cut open the, 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 the bag according to the Ziploc um, line and then empty it into your salted oil. And voila, and then put your meat, your stew is ready. Many women don't know how to cook. So if you can mix the pepper and tomato for them in the right proportion, and then label it mildly hot, very hot, no pepper. Each one takes what you want. When they get them, just tell them, put um, two spoons or tablespoons of oil, add a pinch of salt, and throw this in. In fact, I know some people that even selling the entire package for making soups, not just even stews, okay? The only thing you need to add to what they're giving you is water. And they tell how much water to add. So the fish, the meat, everything is dried and packaged. The oil, the egusi, everything is inside that package. Well preserved. And today they're exporting to the Nigerians and the diaspora. So, um, so, so adding value, you know, adding value in a way that is relevant to your target market is key. Tima, thank you so, so much. Um, we are we are rounding up. We are coming to the end of the podcast. Um, just in a minute, I would like you to like give out advice to young startups or young people about to start because that's what the podcast is targeted about. On like people that are just about to start a business, people that want okay. to, yeah, young people. Okay. So first, I would say think about a problem you want to solve, or if you're not able to do that. Think about a skill you would like to learn and go and apprentice in the place. If you want to own a restaurant, go and offer your services, and even if it's just for a stipend, which means that they'll give you enough money to bring you and take you back because they'll definitely give you lunch if, it, if you want to go to the food industry, okay? Even if it's to run a supermarket, go and work there, even if it's for free. It's fine if it's there in your house. They don't, want to, they don't want to take it because they don't want to pay you. Just say, no, I can come in for free. I'll be helping you. And make yourself useful while you're there so that they don't kick you out. Okay, learning that skill, okay, will help you in future when it's time to run yours. 
no matter how, how small you want to you you want it to be. Have you seen all those small tiny kiosks run by the guards or you know security people? Yeah, it's tiny, but it's making sure that they and their children eat every day. Okay, but I'm hoping that graduates will want to run something bigger. So go and work in the kind of ideal store you hope to own one day. So you understand the operations and processes. You understand that they can steal from you and how to protect yourself. Don't wait until you start and you make all those mistakes. Okay. So rather than look for money, look for apprenticeship opportunities. I had a student who was working with somebody who was paying him 150 after his his, his um uh you know, after he graduated from university. And then when Chevron, but he, had, he was also testing for Chevron. So eventually he was successful and Chevron called him and put him on double, double the salary, 300. He refused to go and even his, and his parents were mad and livid. Everybody thought it was home trouble. And he refused to go because he said, I will not learn as much as, I will learn, as I'm learning now with this man as I will in, in Chevron, because Chevron is a big company. Yeah. I'm learning so much about starting a business. And true enough, the guy today is running a business based on his own first-hand experience with working with that guy. And he's growing every year, making much more money than, in fact, he's even employing other graduates to work with him. So it's, it's, I mean, he's making much more money than those who decide to go and get stuck in banks or telcos or, you know, with the um, yeah, with the big companies of this world. So wow. it's having foresight, yes. It's about having vision, okay? Yeah. Starting small doesn't remain small, okay? Have a vision. A vision is, a, is accomplished over time, not overnight. And remember, you grow gradually towards your vision. And I like to say this in this microwave generation, if you jump up, you will come down. If you grow up, you will stay up. Okay. Wow. So we will need to go with baby steps. Okay. And you'll make it. Thank you so, so much, Ma. I really, really appreciate. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy person. I look forward to us doing something like this some other time. But thank you so much for your time, Ma. You're welcome. Thank you for staying till the end of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every time we drop an episode. And also share to people in the tech ecosystem that you feel this might be of value to. Do have a wonderful day and see you next episode.